Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Video Games Now podcast. It's Rodney with Will. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going good. Let me turn you up, Will. Turn me up. Turn me up. There we go. Uh, Okay, so today we're recording on Friday because I'm not going to be here this weekend. Long weekend going away, freshening and stuff. Not here. Yeah, Rodney's a little bitch. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So we uh, are going to talk about the new Paper Mario game that was announced. We're going to talk about Halo Infinite that will for sure be at the July Xbox Series X event. And we'll talk about Ghost Ghost of Tsushima. I'm gonna fuck that up. I, I was waiting for it, but you did it the first time. I'm, I'm like, here, let's give Rodney a round of applause. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna fuck that up so many times in this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, uh, you guys, you mainlander, non-Patreon types, uh, wouldn't have heard this message, but uh, we recorded a little Patreon special for the patrons, uh, and collectively decided that we were going to do a Patreons versus Video Games Now team game off. Not sure what game it's going to be, but it's going to be something fun. What do you think about that, Will? Uh, just got to figure out what game it's going to be. Then I'll see how my confidence is going <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to put COD in because I've been playing a lot of COD. You've been playing a lot of COD. Cole's been playing a lot of COD. We've all been yeah. playing a lot of COD. So, that would be ideal. But... I don't want to give us an advantage just because we've been playing COD. No, but if uh, our Patreons are full-on gamers, then they've probably been playing COD, too. Yeah. Uh, so, we have four Patreons right now. Uh, so, I think the team of four would be, like, me, you, and Cole, and probably Dan, because Dan plays COD quite a bit. Yep. we good fun. All right. Uh, so, let's uh, get into the episode. That's all coming up right now. Right now. Right now. All right, guys, welcome to the show. And the show. The show. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. All right, so gave me word of the week. This week is cheese. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I do like my marble. <laughs> uh, I kind of like my hard cheddar. Oh. Yeah. But uh, cheesing, obviously, uh, an underhanded strategy could also be used as a verb. He's cheesing his way to victory. How, what? What's a uh, what's a moment that you've cheesed your way to victory, Will? I don't know. I'm trying to think of like how to describe. I know I've definitely cheesed my way to a victory. It's just describing when I actually did it. I got one. Uh, I think I was playing Modern Warfare, or sorry, um, Call of Duty World at War for the Wii, and I was on one level and just getting fucking spanked so hard. Um, I couldn't beat it, and then something happened, and the game glitched out, and all the enemies didn't shoot at me. They looked at me like they were locked on to me, but they wouldn't shoot, and I literally walked through the entire level and just fucking beat it by doing literally nothing. Oh, you're trash. <laughs> I'm like, alright, I beat it. Give me that achievement. Except it was on the Wii, so there wasn't achievements. So. I'm gonna force you to go back and do that. Oh, I'm sure it'll be fine now. I actually really liked World of War. 
the, yeah. like the online. Well, especially because the Wii, it was on the Wii, so you had the point to kill. The point to shoot. I to... remember. Do you, uh, it's a little off topic, but do you remember uh, Far Cry for the Wii? Uh, was it the original? It actually, it was created as a sequel to the original. Oh, uh, no, I don't think... I... So you have your animal powers already, but they've been kind of like dormant. And okay. then you're on this like island and these mercenaries ask for your help. But you find out like they're just using you. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's actually not a bad game, but it was like one of the first shooting shooters, I guess, I used the Wii controller for. I remember the Wii came out and a game called Red Steel was coming out for oh, it. Oh, buddy. There we go. I yeah, was like, was... I was fucking stoked up for the one-to-one -one fucking aim controls. Dude, I was over the moon. And... I keep asking uh, Ubisoft for Red Steel 3 because Red Steel 2 is utter garbage. You didn't like Red Steel 2? No, it, the Western thing just didn't work with the style of the sword for me and then whatnot. It just changed. I liked the thing that made Red Steel so good was like the Yakuza and the stuff like that. The yeah. actual background to the sword. Uh, I liked Red Steel too. I think more for the gameplay more than the story. Like I really liked the hit, the secret uh, techniques that you learned. Yeah. Those were cool. Uh, but yeah, Red Steel 1. I went back and played that. Uh, just before I got my Wii U, like I still had my Wii, and like it was kind of unplayable because it was like uh, the beginning of motion controls, really. Yeah, I actually went back and played it about a year ago because I still have my Wii, nice. and uh, the graphics really threw me off how I bad know. they were. I know. <laughs> and then um, the the like you said, the controls were horrible. Yeah. Like I forgot how non-existent they were when I'm trying to slash or like parry. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. But for the time, like, that was the first time we encountered motion controls and an actual point-to-shoot shooter. That and was breathtaking. Yeah, we were so fucking stoked. Um, yeah, and then Bread Steel 2 came out, and I got that right away, too. Yeah, that was a good game. I liked it. So, all right. Uh, well, we've been playing. This is this is the part where we talk about what we've been playing, but everyone knows what it's, we're playing. It's COD. Yeah, nothing but God. We got nothing better to do right now. Uh, we need some games. <laughs> yeah, I I know I don't know about you, Rodney, but I'm gonna pick up that Shark game when it comes out in a couple days. I was just gonna say that actually. Yeah, uh, I've been watching some more videos on it, and people that got early access to it say like it's it, you wouldn't want to spend eighty dollars for the game, but as a forty dollar game, it's well worth it. Yeah. So I'm kind of interested to see, and I actually want to know how the honor system works. Like, how do you have a good shark? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I can't even think of a joke for that. No, like, I, I'm going to hit the beaches up, and I am going to be chowing down on humans. <laughs> <laughs> the Meg, too, but it's actually good. <laughs> oh, God, the Meg. Uh, they're uh, finally working on the sequel, eh? There's a sequel? Oh yeah. Well, there's eight. There's six books. So. Oh, there's b actual books. That's what? what it was based off. But the books were way better. I own all of the first four, and the books were great. They changed way too many of the story, uh, too much of the story for uh, the movie. As is tradition. Tradition with butchering every fucking movie ever made. Yeah, pretty much. Based off books, yeah. Um, Fuck our industry sometimes. <laughs> well, you know these fucking producers. There's fucking cut shit out because they're like oh we can't afford that or yeah well it's like well then don't make the fucking movie mm -hmm. 
Uh, so. But yeah, the Maneater comes out on the 22nd, and I think I'll be picking that up. And uh, maybe uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition on the 29th. Xenoblade. Yeah, I probably won't be picking that up. I I'm mean... kind of worried because that game is like the one of the biggest grinds I've ever mm -hmm. played. And I don't like how like in the first level you can run across like a level 100 fucking monster that'll just completely thrash you. Um, I, I do like those aspects because it gives you a sense of growth throughout the game. He was like, the, as soon as you left the no. city, dude, I was like trying to grind the smaller monsters and I heard like loud footsteps behind me and there's like a fucking King Kong. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, in the beginning, yeah, it's frustrating, but it just like, you can it kill that eventually. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then it even gives you a little bit of cockiness, like mid game. You're like, I'm level 50. I can take this level 100 and then you get destroyed fucking destroyed and then yeah. my confidence is gone and i'm like god damn it i have to go back to grind before i get to the next boss <laughs> yeah so i probably will get that game just because of the grind i know i was thinking about it i just wanted something to play on the switch again yeah i need another switch game too so i don't have to come all the way down to my garage to play fucking games but i guess we do have uh pokemon coming out in june don't we the expansion yeah yeah so maybe uh that'll get me back on my switch I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to spend $80 on another freaking Switch game either. I, I'll do it if it's a good game. Well, I see. I've never played any Animal Crossing game, as I've mentioned before. So that's what's stopping me from buying Animal Crossing. Apparently, this one's supposed to be really good, but I've I've kind of, kind of fallen out with Animal Crossing and Harvest Moon. Mm -hmm. They just haven't been good in a couple uh, generations for me. You know what there's a very big lack of? Good mobile games. Yeah, I actually found myself, now that I'm just sitting at home, uh, playing Pokemon Go again. Yeah, uh, somebody, uh, Cole, I think, was trying to get me back on that, and I was like, eh. Yeah, I, I won't go hard on it, but if I'm sitting in, like, doing nothing, I'll check and see what's around me. Plus, they added Remote Pass right now, so if you have any, like, um... Uh, gyms near you that have a raid mm -hmm. you don't even have to be there you can just activate it oh that's smart yeah so well yeah so I uh, was searching the store for a mobile game every mobile game is the fucking same it's like uh, build your base oh my god use this one thing that'll speed up your base building and then or upgrade your troops and then you get to a point where it takes too much time, real time to actually upgrade something and then they want you to buy gems or diamonds or fucking yeah, coins or it's something. It's always like that. Mobile games are all about the microtransactions. That's oh, the yeah. one thing I've known, uh, like realized. And I've fucking, even though like I'll start a game and I'm doing really good and then sooner or later I spend five bucks. Yeah. I just, it's, and then I'm like, and then I don't play that game again and I'm like, fuck, I spent like $30 on that game for absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. The only mobile game that I've stuck with has been Clash of Clans because I bought, or I didn't buy, I downloaded it in end of 2013, I think. Yep. And I'm still playing it. I'm still actively playing it, and I've probably spent maybe 200 and a bit dollars, like real money, on it. Yeah, that's not too bad. I uh, my friend uh, spent like four grand. Oh, that's fucking gross. Yeah. So he uh, deleted that after. <laughs> um. What else have I? Balloon Tower Defense is actually a solid tower defense game. Like, really solid. 
Yeah, I, I know that one. Fuck, it's hard, dude. Like, you will be so goddamn confident, like, you're absolutely obliterating balloons on, like, round 80. Like, they don't even get past the first bend. Yeah. And then round 81 just, just like, fucks yeah. you. Oh, it ranks it's, up like ten times. Yeah, it's it's savagely hard. Um, there's one point I can't remember the. I think it's uh, wave ninety. There's a f new balloon that I haven't encountered before. Like because I played uh, f uh, BTD four and five, and now yeah. uh, now it's on six. But th yeah, so there, this balloon didn't exist before. It just kept fucking throwing zombs at you. The uh, oh my god balloons or whatever the fuck the green ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, which are really, really tough. And then when you break one, they spawn four, uh... Littles? BF, BFB, big fucking blimps. And oh. then when they get destroyed, they just, they, um, spawn four, uh, big blimps. Or, uh, littler blimps. So, from one, uh... One enemy, so you one, get, like, eight. <laughs> you get, yeah, and then all those big blimps, or little blimps, rather, spawn hardcore balloons. So it's like, your defenses have to be on point. <laughs> and, uh, but the, the saving grace about that big fucking Zombaloon is it's really, really slow. So, like, you can just pepper away at it, and then the next, the next balloons that spawn from that are a little bit faster, and then the actual balloons, like, are actually super quick. But, uh, dude, this, okay, <laughs> sorry, getting, getting to my point. So, there's a new balloon, like a new blimp-looking balloon. It's... It looks like a shark. It's super fucking quick, and it takes so much goddamn damage before it pops. So, like, you'll be trucking along, taking on zombs like they're no fucking big challenge, and then this yes. thing comes along, two of them come along, and they just rip through your defenses like no one's business and then kill you. You're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. So, you know, but, tower defense seems like it's the meta for mobile games. Yeah, uh, what's another one I played? Another defense game is called Defender, I think. Um, you have a crossbow, and you have to basically keep upgrading your crossbow, and it's fixed. It's fixed uh, in a fixed position, and the enemies keep coming at you from the right side of the screen and trying to attack your castle, and you yeah. got to try to like kill them all with just your crossbow, and you can upgrade like the towers on your uh, on your castle f to add extra defenses and shit like that. So uh, that game was pretty fun. That's interesting. Good time killer. That's that's all what mobile games need to that's be. They just you need, need to be yeah. a toilet passer. Yeah. <laughs> if you're sitting on the couch, you should be watching TV or something anyway. So. Yeah. Well, Brady watches TV, and then I gotta. Then watch you want YouTube something to play. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's get into the actual topics now. So we got Halo Infinite that will be talked about finally at the July Xbox Series X reveal event. Yeah, we. The only thing we know about it right now is that they are confirming it is still a go-ahead for a launch title. Thanks, three four three, for that info, the juicy, juicy info. Yeah, uh, I really hope that uh, we get some gameplay. That's the biggest thing I want to see. Yeah. I don't want to see another stupid teaser trailer or you know Master Chief floating in space or some bullshit like that. I want to see some gameplay. I want to see what it is they're making. Yeah, they need to show off that new engine. Mm-hmm. God. Man, that that would crumble Halo so hard if they just released another teaser trailer of, like, Master Chief, like, looking into the distance and seeing Cortana's fucking planet or some bullshit. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here, 343. 
<laughs> I'd be so choked, man. That would just... I don't even... Oh, man. That would ruin it for me. Uh, you, We're both big Halo fans, but yeah. I actually am a little worried about the next uh, iteration. This is going to make or break the series, to be honest. Yeah. That's all... Uh, five almost broke it for me and uh six i don't know we'll have to wait and see like they've talked about an open world i'm a little yeah ugh, i don't know kind of interested because i do like exploration games but does that work with halo like i think the mission should be uh fluid and interact with each other i shouldn't have to wander from one place to the next to yeah. start the mission yeah I'm concerned about that too. It just takes you out of the game. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about Destiny, and I just hate. I just don't like Destiny. I don't like how it presents itself. I don't like um, how it presents difficulty. Like mm -hmm. I don't. Know. It's just I just don't like Destiny, and I just Apparently, I'm afraid that that's what Halo's going to become. Yeah, uh, I'm about the same way as you. Uh, I do like Destiny periodically. It has gotten better, but I haven't picked it up in a while. And uh, I just, you know, when you play Halo 1, you start on, uh, uh, shit, what's the name of the ship? Uh, the Pillar of Autumn. The Pillar of Autumn, right? And then Mission 2 literally starts on um, right after the ship blows up, right? Yeah. So, and it's done that throughout all the Halo games. So, basically, the end cutscene you get for one mission brings you into the next. Yeah. That's what I like about Halo. I don't want to see any aspect where there's a break in between the story. I think what they might be trying to do, I'm just having a, a kind of epiphany, but so between mission two and three of Halo one, mm -hmm. you get on a Pelican and then that Pelican flies to the next mission and then drops yep. you off. So what if this open world is trying to fill in that that negative time of traveling so it's like oh hey we need to go shut down those arrays which is over there so you have to now walk to you know all the way over there to where those arrays are but you know you might encounter some enemies and when all this on um, world events and stuff like that while you're actually playing to go to the next mission yeah I guess it could work it, it has to be how they present itself I don't want it to be repetitive and tedious yeah I don't want it to turn into Far Cry. I think the other thing that pisses me off about Destiny is like, you will clear an entire area and then they'll just spawn back in. So it's like it makes your progress completely obsolete. But it that but it it in a way that's also how Destiny people level up. Halo doesn't have a level system. Now if they added that, they would need respawning enemies. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they should add a level system. No, me either. Cause like then they're now Halo's turned into a grind game. Yeah. Like keep it in for the multiplayer. The, that's how they would do, actually fuck. That's how I can picture them doing the open world now. Is uh, so mission one, you can be level one, right? Mm -hmm. But before you can start mission two, you have to be like level five. Fuck that. And so that brings you into this open world now that has you doing stupid side story shit. Like, it's going to be like Spyro where there's, like, fucking portals. It's like, oh, you need this many fucking gems to access this portal. Oh, yeah. 
Dude. Oh, can you imagine if they did that? That would ruin Halo for me. Halo uh, Master Chief should not have a level. <laughs> <laughs> Master Chief is level 99. <laughs> but could you imagine? You start the game, it's like level 1. And then you finish, it's like, next uh, mission is unlock at level 5. Then level 8. And so oh. on and so on. You need oh, this many I... golden bananas to enter. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> That'd be the worst, oh. dude. I, I can't even think about that. I'm getting so angry thinking about that. I really hope that I'm just speaking stupidly, and that is not something 343 is considering because that would ruin Halo for me. They did say they're going back to the roots of Halo, though, didn't they? Yeah, for multiplayer and stuff like that, but this campaign, they can do whatever the fuck they want. Remember what they did with uh, number five? Uh, five. Yeah. yeah. Four was good. I liked four. A lot of some people don't like four. Uh, I, I actually really liked four. I did like four. I found it a little harder than the previous games for a legendary by yourself, but I really did enjoy it, and the story worked. I finally they you know they finally got to include the forerunners. Yeah. So, you know, honestly, uh, I didn't find the legendary as hard as two or as hard as Reach. Can we like just take two and like do, like take it off our minds? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you know we still have to go back and do that one, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's not in heroic, so it won't be that bad. Yeah, still, I just meh. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, four was good. I actually can complete the first mission without dying on legendary. Oh yeah, so fun. Uh. It yeah, it just feel you feel so badass playing as Master Chief and getting assassinations on elites and yeah, it's good shit. Yeah. But right now, so it says Halo Infinite will be an Xbox Series X launch game, but we haven't seen any gameplay footage from it yet. We will learn that Xbox World showcase first party titles for the system on an upcoming Xbox twenty twenty presentation in July. We assumed that Halo Infinite would be one of them, and now we have an official confirmation. In the latest post from Halo Waypoint, developer 343 Industries states that we will see more of the game during the upcoming stream. You may have seen people talking about this lightly before, but we're extremely excited to confirm that Halo Infinite will be one of the main first-party titles included in the Xbox 2020 event in July. Good. I'm just happy that they didn't just say the only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, any... We've talked about it many times, but first party is the only thing that's going to help Microsoft this generation. Well, and because and, I'm going to buy a PlayStation and I have more friends on PlayStation. So, mm -hmm. you know, if it's a game that's on both consoles, I'm going to most likely end up buying it on PlayStation. Yeah. So they have to have something other than Halo to push the console for me. So this says uh, one of the many first party titles included so what else could they have first party uh we've talked about it a little bit there's rumors there's a new perfect dark uh there's fable of i don't know what else they could be bringing but they remember they had those brand new uh those nine new studios are the would those be considered first party though they are because they're owned by microsoft microsoft bought them and uh two of them they opened okay so did they just amalgamate? Uh, I think so. Well, no. A couple, seven of the studios Microsoft just took over. Um, Obsidian Entertainment, which uh, they uh, 
Outer Worlds. Right. Yeah, they bought uh, Obsidian. So Obsidian will be working on Microsoft exclusives from now on, most likely. And then uh, they opened two new studios. Then I guess they probably took people from previous, like other studios, just to create this one. Uh, I just had a... How shitty would that be if you worked at one of these studios? That was a, a small independent studio and you worked on a small independent studio because of the freedom. And then yeah. you get taken over by Microsoft. That happens just all the time. Fucking stick their dick and everything. It's not just Microsoft, though. Sony does it. Um, Nintendo doesn't anymore. Because uh, uh, most of their first-party stuff is developed in-house, right? Yeah. So, but, yeah, Sony and Microsoft are really bad for that. They'll uh, literally just buy out, buy out an independent uh, studio that just created a small game. But that game did so well. Mm-hmm. That they bought all the shares because, well, the company is online, right? So, next thing you know, you got a hostile takeover and you come back to work the next day and uh, it's like, oh, yeah, so uh, overnight we got purchased by Microsoft. I'm sure it was uh, more than an overnight <laughs> deal, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know, hammering the point. Yeah. Be like, okay, I quit. Fuck it. I'm going to go work <laughs> for this other company. And then they get there. Oh, yeah, we just got bought by Microsoft. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It happens a lot to indie studios, though. That's the biggest issue, unless they can maintain their uh, independence. It's just too hard to find funding for games. Like, it's so expensive to make games right now. Well, look at even some of these bigger studios. They're still using crowdfunding and stuff like that to make money, to build the game they want so they can have some independence. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could make games. That'd be cool. I'd be a good game developer. I don't know if I... I Dude, I just play nothing but games, so I know what they want. I know what all the families want. <laughs> yeah, just now you have to get the actual funding. You have to convince people this is what they want. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have an original game idea. But, like, I could go to existing game franchises and be like, buddy, nobody wants fucking uh, towers in any Ubisoft game ever again. Like, just get rid of those. Well, it worked for Assassin's Creed because you want that, like, you know, the, the free climbing and stuff like that. But yeah. I find Far Cry has gotten way too repetitive for me. Yeah, Far Cry or Assassin's yeah. Creed? Far Cry. Oh, okay. Well, because Far- you bought me five, so I played that, and then I started, I beat that, and then I start, I bought uh, the, you know, the, the sequel Did I buy five. You? Hang on. Did I buy you five? Yeah, you bought me it for Xbox. Or did I just lend you mine? Uh, you gave me a new copy that you said you found for like 25 bucks, so. I don't remember this. Okay, maybe maybe past me is a better person. It's uh, over a year ago. Well, <laughs> so you didn't like 5? I did, but then it just, it's the same thing other than the story, right? You have yeah. those stupid ports and bases you have to take, and, and then the next one, uh, I can't remember, but it takes place after 5. Yeah. So now you're in this post-apocalyptic thing. It's the same thing. It's just, a, it's gotten to the point where it's very repetitive to do the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I actually want to play 5 now that you mentioned it. Did you Did you beat it? I did. Did you hate the ending? Um, Not so much because I played it after I knew there was going to be a, like a, an expansion ending. 
with the next part of the game. Oh, so, yeah. I've, I haven't played that either. Uh, what's it called? Uh, why can I not even think of it? I purchased it on Black Friday. Uh, Far Cry. New Dawn. New Dawn. Yeah, I haven't played New Dawn yet. Yeah, so you, it takes place like a couple or 10 years or something after Far Cry 5. And the world's been pretty much utterly destroyed. And there's this one gang that's... Uh, run by like two sisters mm -hmm. and they pretty much run the area nice i'm only like maybe 20 percent into the game and then i just put it down i'll probably will go back and play it it's just did you get bored of it or i kind of did like i said it's just ah. the same thing the story is good but it's just you know like before you can do this you have to you know they want you to do these and yeah maybe i'll just play new vegas instead of replaying five uh, Far Cry New Vegas? No, uh, Far oh, Cry. Sorry, yeah, Fallout, Fallout. Fall no, 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 sorry. I meant the f uh, Far Cry, whatever it is. New Dawn? New Dawn, yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. It, like, I will go and finish it. Like, I did like the story, so. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay, so now that we're off topic from Halo, because there's not much more to say other than don't fuck up our game. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about You'll Paper Mario. From me. <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck up this game either. Uh, like you have the last couple. Okay, so from the, have you seen the trailer? I've seen the trailer, yeah. I sent it to you yesterday morning. I just never got a chance to talk to you about it. It looks to me like the same Paper Mario we always had, except they're going with an origami aspect. Yeah. So it doesn't have much information in the trailer. Uh, so we can't be sure of the base uh, to base itself off the fan favorite classic like the Thousand Year Door uh, or titles like Color Splash, but fans have been clamoring all over the internet about paper the about another Paper Mario game and it meant and many didn't like the recent installments. I didn't like Sticker Star. No, that one was bad. I and I didn't like Super Paper Mario as a part of the Paper Mario series. I liked I it as I'll... as an individual game. I think it's fine, but not as a part of the series. What was the one that was on the 3DS? I think that was the last one I liked. Uh, that was Color Splash? Was it? Yeah. Paper Mario. Sticker Star was for the Wii U, I think, right? Uh, okay, oh, so oh. maybe it wasn't Sticker Star. Well, it says the 3DS... Uh, hold on, there's so many Paper Marios. There's not that many, there's five. Simply number six. Uh, let's see here. Paper Mario. So da, da, da. this says uh, everyone's going to be eating with bated, uh, bated breath for the next two months before the game comes out. Wait, that could, wait, the game's coming out in a couple months? Yeah, it's coming out in summer. Well, fuck. That's good. Mm -hmm. uh, it showcases a new style, origami. Mario must do his usual world-saving antics, but this time origami is in the mix. Exactly how it, this will influence the gameplay is yet to be seen. Nintendo will more than likely reveal more details as time goes on. Okay, so um, we'll get into this later. But I asked uh, fellow Patreons what uh, their favorite Paper Mario or which Paper Mario was the most fun. Spoiler alert: It's a Thousand Year Door. Yeah, uh, that's what I was gonna say. My, yeah. That was my favorite. Yeah, it's just so good. It's just so well done. I would be happy actually if they brought that back as a. You know, a remaster or something. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, this article here, which is on cultureofgaming.com, says New Paper Mario hints to Metroid. 
Uh, although the end of the trailer shows Mario and Samus Aran's helmet, this could be a win t uh, towards upcoming announcements for Metroid Prime 4 or something else Metroid entirely. With the recent news that Retro Studios have hired more VFX artists, Metro Prime 4 has uh, has been back in the news, so maybe we'll be hearing updates on the game soon. Uh, when was that announced? I got. It. I'm looking this up right now because it, well, it got feels shelved, like, didn't it? No, I. It, they've been working on it. They've just been quiet. Oh yeah, didn't they announce that in like 2016? And I haven't heard a uh, fucking thing. 2017. About it. Yeah. And it wasn't even a, like it wasn't even a trailer, a it teaser, was just, a title it, card. just the title card of Metroid yeah. 4. Yeah. And. That's all we've heard of it. So I think Nintendo jo uh, jumped the gun there. They shouldn't have done that at all. Oh, I totally forgot. Yeah, I totally forgot it was in development. Yeah, I feel like when you announce a game with nothing but the title card and you don't show anything for years at, uh, again, uh, it just ruins it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this Paper Mario, I'm just going to watch the uh, trailer here and just comment on it live. So when I first saw Princess Peach... Like in the beginning of the thing, I'm like, the fuck is this? I'm like, this or better not be the new ice, <laughs> the, the new art style, or I'm gonna be fucking pissed. Pretty much is, because I said it's origami. So they're changing the way like characters look. Well, it's. They're being folded instead of just paper. I know, they're being forced. <laughs> they're being forced to do this, obviously, to be turned into origami. So, yeah, uh, Peach looks fucking weird. And then they turn uh, the castle into origami, and then you yeah. escape on Bowser's Bowser Junior's little ship. Yeah, I can. Uh, so basically, <laughs> you're gonna go around the world and and unfold pieces of paper. <laughs> oh, that, that sounds so exciting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the gameplay looks cool. They have a little bit of open world looking. Um, like it's not just like a linear fucking. It was kind of two and a half D in a sense, mm -hmm. right? Like you would be on one plane and then you could access like a door and then it would, uh, it would switch over, switch over. Yeah. So that was cool. But this has, like I said, a little bit more open world stuff by the looks of it. Like you're rolling around on a giant open field. Yeah. So July 17th, 2020 is when it's available. The origami uh, king. I want to see a bit more from it. Yeah. Same. So. I'm sure we'll see a, a Nintendo Direct on it. Yeah, I'm actually surprised Nintendo just announced this over their uh, YouTube page. Uh, because they haven't talked about Nintendo Directs or anything. And I'm a little off topic, but Square Enix have now just come out and said that they are not doing a conference at all. As they don't have the money to support it. <laughs> it's a load of bullshit right there. Square, Square Enix makes way too much money. Um, so the way they're going to do it is they're just going to announce titles uh, singly. So, let's just think about the fucking logic right there. They don't have enough money to turn on a fucking webcam and talk to the goddamn camera and then show a trailer? Apparently. I'm going to see if I can find that article with what he said. It was like, due to the financial situation, we don't have the funds to do a conference. And I'm like, dude, they just sold, like, how many copies of Final Fantasy VII did they, like, sell? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's that's dumb. Oh like yeah, goddamn so crock of shit. They're going to announce their games now solo, uh, like singly. Probably just like Nintendo did this. So all of a sudden you'll wake up in the morning and there's going to be a brand new announcement from Square Enix. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're like a month away from when E3 would actually be. So 
This is where we would be doing our E3 prediction podcast. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's going to be a little different, I guess, this year. How uh, how we're going to do it because everyone's doing different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should probably still do our prediction for uh, leading up to the Microsoft event. I mean, uh, we pretty much already have over the course of like five podcasts. Yeah, I still think we're probably going to get a few leaks this year. I have I have no confidence that they're going to be able to keep things uh, under wrap. Yeah, where's our Walmart leaker? God damn it. Oh, uh, <laughs> he'll be out here soon. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna, uh, he works for Amazon now. It's going to be yeah. Amazon fuck okay. up this time. So here it is. Um, Square Enix has said it won't hold an online event to unveil this year's new uh, releases around E3's timing because making assets ready for such a show has become difficult due to COVID-19. Instead, it'll announce new titles on an individual basis. Okay, so it might not be money thing, but they're just think- saying it's too hard to... Yeah, maybe all their uh, assets are on a server that they can't have a bunch of people going and accessing <laughs> the server. I don't fucking know. I don't know. They make enough money, and you think they're tech geniuses they could put together. It's, like, half these shows aren't even live. Well, actually, none of them have been. They're pre-taped. Yeah. I could I could interview freaking Square's guy and then have him uh, release a trailer right after. Boom. <laughs> okay, going back to my thing about the fucking server. Dude, yep. pull 10 minutes of gameplay from your QA team and pull a title card and pull a cutscene and then pull a fucking dude who's important to the game and have him talk to a fucking camera. It takes like two and seconds. Yeah, that's what I mean. And they most of all their studios are... Fuck, I don't even know. I, it just feels lazy. Yeah. Or like they're trying to buy time because they're not. They don't think they're going to be ready for their release date, which wouldn't surprise me either. That too. That could work. As other than that, though, I don't really know what Square Enix has this year. That's the thing, right? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's a Marvel's good point too. Avengers, Outriders, and maybe the we'll see Final Fantasy VII remake part two. But other than that, like. I have no... Well, yeah, we're definitely going to see Marvel's Avengers and Outriders. I We might not even see Final Fantasy. Damn. All right, well, let's go on to Ghost of Tsushima now. Oh, yeah, my game. My game! Uh, so I just watched the trailer for the first time just before the podcast started, and I'm actually quite excited now. Yeah, when they announced this game a couple years ago... They did it with just a quick teaser of, like, an open world with a samurai, like, um, walking through a field. Yeah. And seeing what that game has become now is absolutely breathtaking. So, my initial reaction when I watched the gameplay walkthrough was it looks very very much like Breath of the Wild. Like, the fucking shot of him behind, behind the character looking out at the vast landscape that looks very much like Hyrule. Just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh... The other thing, though, is you can't you can't paraglide. That sucks. But uh, he he uh, yeah he starts by riding on a horse, and you can uh, you have to call the wind or something to like show you the way to go. So wherever the wind blows, that's the way you should be going. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's gonna make exploration a lot more fun in this open world. I think so. Yeah. Okay, so just on uh, Eurogamer.net, ahead of its seventeenth of July launch on PS4, Sony has offered a closer look at developer Cyber- Sucker Punch's open-world samurai adventure Ghost of Tsushima. And 
as if there's any doubt left in the previous showings, it looks utterly, utterly breathtaking. Yeah, the graphics do look really, really good in this game. It's very colorful and bright, very like vibrant. I, I there's a couple parts where I thought it might have been like a cell shade, but it's just so it, it's bright. I think that's just outlining the beauty of Japan because that's when you go to Japan. There's a lot of you know you think of sa- the sakurai trees. Yeah, and, and the cherry blossoms and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I I, pick, I could see that because even at the end, you see like the trees and stuff like that with the uh, the cherry blossoms, and it's very for a game that's supposed to be like samurai revenge and stuff like that. They're really focusing on the environment. Absolutely. At at its heart, Ghost of Tsushima appears to be a fairly traditional open world adventure, enabling players to explore the uh, the Tatulier Island. Yeah. I think I got that right. Uh, yeah. Engaging with enemies along the way, there are two paths to, to there are two paths to the action. I said two twice, which is ironic. <laughs> uh, the samurai path, which sees the protagonist Jin entering entering direct confrontations with opponents, and the ghost path, which offers a more stealthily appro- approach to challenges. Oh, I like both options. I do too, because in the trailer they show you some really cool combat. Yeah. But I also really liked the stealth aspect as well, with him hiding, sneaking around enemies, you know, shooting them in the head with an arrow. And uh, in the trailer with the gameplay, you also see him, he has to take out this uh, shipyard. Yep. And so the first part, he takes out all the enemies, and then when he gets closer to the ship, he does a stealth approach. And then he basically only kills one person and then blows the ship up. I might want to do the samurai path. I want to be super feared. Like they see me walking up and they're like, good fucking Christ, we're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way too how they're uh, they're setting that up is there's a lot of customization with the outfits and, and armor you can wear. Yep. And just like Assassin's Creed, your armor is going to give you abilities. So there's going to be stealth armor sets and then there's going to be uh, like, you know, samurai armor sets that might give you more damage or better parry or stuff like that. So yep. it's allowing you to play the game how you want to. Totally. Um, what else did I like about it? There's uh, You can gather stuff, so I'm sure there's going to be upgrading your weapons and your armor and shit like that, like usual. Oh, yeah. And I picture um, crafting like health potions and stuff like that as well, because I saw him pick, like you said, cra- uh, gathering things. So. Yep. The former uh, gives the players access to a range of combat, stance, combat stances, with different stances proving more effective against different enemies, and sword play is built around ne- the needing to parry enemies at the last possible moment in order to break their defenses. As for stealth, it's your usual game of sneakery and distraction, with players able to toss firecrackers, ring bells, or drop smoke bombs to get the slip on the opponent, grappling to higher ground if need be. Cool. So, uh, like you said off the air uh this looks like it's doing everything that assassin's creed did wrong yeah or better, I, rather. I think they're doing it better uh until i play the game i'm not gonna totally trash assassin's creed because i really did like odyssey yeah but from what i've seen of this game right now i feel like it's gonna bring more well what the biggest thing i liked about assassin's creed odyssey was um you didn't feel like you are going to waste your time exploring because you're always going to find something. That is true. And like, by the time you got like high level, I already felt like a mortal, like jumping off ledges and not taking any damage. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Uh, Yeah. So I like that about the game. And 
I really liked the exploration mode where it didn't tell you where the shit was. It just showed a question mark. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I wonder what's over there. Like, it just totally opened up the game for me. Oh, yeah. So this game, probably going to do it the same way. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of map. But I like, as we've talked about, the wind will show you the way. Yeah. But it doesn't always show you the way to the next, like, marker or map or, like, mission. It could show you a secret location, a shrine, Mm -hmm. whatever's closest to you. Indeed, Ghost of Tsushima is gorgeous, packed with endless arresting vistas that forever dance and sway in the wind. All shimmering blades of grass, swirling leaves, drifting fog, and flexing bows are the are the fields of rich, Ouch. deep green. <laughs> thank you. Uh, are the fields of rich, deep green, pocketed with starly colored flowers, mountaintop shrines bathed in yellow blossoms, mist shrouded lakes, moonlit hued settlements, and more. Uh, so yeah, I noticed that when I was watching the trailer, that if you watch where all the plant life and stuff is like heading based off the wind, like if it's leaning it's to your moving. left or something, yeah, it's <laughs> moving. So. That's kind of telling you where to go, in a sense. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, okay, better yet, Sucker Punch is doing its damnedest not to distract, uh, not to distract from the beauty by incorporating navigation mechanics integrated naturally by the world. Sony's live stream showcased the guiding wind, for instance, more immersive take on your usual objective marker with its directional gusts pointing towards uh, players towards the next destination. What else we got here? Uh, Sucker Punch gave a brief look at charms used to increase the potential of different abilities and at armor sets, each offering different mechanical advantages and customizable using dye flowers. There's also a photo mode featuring familiar options such as color grading and depth of field, as well as a more exotic additions, including the ability to adjust wind direction and particle effects, adding drift, fireflies, and dancing leaves at will. I don't know. Photo modes are kind of boring. I sometimes like I, I did use it in Odyssey when I had like a really cool like backdrop, but yeah. I don't know like this game. I might you know mess around with it, but it's not something I'm gonna focus on. Yeah, I, I actually forgot about the photo mode until you just mentioned it. Yeah, uh, in Odyssey. But uh, running off today's closer look at Ghost of Tsushima, Sucker Punch confirmed a Japanese voice track will be available for added authenticity. Thanks. Yeah, I noticed that too when I was watching the trailer. Just this fucking hardcore samurai guy riding a sword, and then he's like, oh, wee! Or like, whatever, some bullshit fucking English track. I'm like, well, you know, a lot of people are going to do that. Like, Mark hates uh, subtitles, right? So he's going to play this in. English for sure, but me for that authenticity and I like I want to be more immersed in the game. I'm definitely gonna be using the Japanese voice track with subtitles for sure. And Mark's the enemy of all video games, so we can't really <laughs> loop him uh, into this. I should tell Mark to play in Japanese, but you watch, he, he'll he'll miss like some subtitle cues, and then he'll be like, "What the fuck's going on?" <laughs> They're gonna know what's going on, and then yeah, and yeah. then me and you start talking Japanese to each other. Yeah, I was kidding. Uh, uh, that's not going to happen. Konnichiwa. Oh, Genki Deska. You're already gone. You're already gone. Uh, yeah, I'm gone. All right. Uh, re- uh, I already read that. Uh, those really wishing to lean into the game Samurai movie a- uh, aesthetics can opt in for Samurai Cinema Mode, which increases the wind and adds stark black and white filter and amplifies film grain. Fuck that. I don't know. It looked kind of cool. It looked like an old black and white movie. Yeah. I'm but I want that. it more. I, I want that color. I want that depth. Yeah. I might try it out and see what the game looks like. 
It would be interesting if you could play it with a stark black and white filter, but all blood still showed as bright red. That would be kind of cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think adding a black and white filter in this game is kind of totally counterintuitive. Like, they built this vibrant, colorful world, and now you're adding a black and, black and white filter? Like, that doesn't make much sense. Yeah, I I think, like, it, it says, it's like the samurai cinema mode. So if you go back and watch, like, an old samurai movie, they're all black and white. So I think they were just trying to keep with the, the aesthetic. Yeah, fair. But, yeah, I'm going to definitely play this as it's meant to be played with that color, the vibrancy, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, just uh, only one person, because I just did a surprise question, like, in the last hour before we started. So, uh, I said, which Paper Mario is your mo the most fun? And Thomas Noseworthy, Thomas Noseworthy, one of our Patreons, said, Thousand Year Door. It's not just the best Paper Mario, but one of my personal all-time favorite RPGs. It was a load of fun. Nice. Um, do you watch uh, Honest Game Trailers? Yes. I fucking love the announcer. Well, actually, they changed hands now. So it's a different, uh, a different it's set a of different dudes team, doing isn't it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't like the I don't like the new announcer. I like the old one where instead of saying boobs, he would say boobs. <laughs> I don't know. Or bloobs. He was more. Uh, I don't know what the word I want. Well, there's only actually five people in North America that do trailers, like cinematic trailers, voiceovers. Is there? There's only five, yeah. Wow. So, that's why you hear them doing, like, so many, like, the same person doing so many trailers. Like, the Honest Game Trailers guy, the guy that sounds like that, who does the actual cinematic trailers, like, he's been doing that for, like, 40 years. Jeez. Yeah. Let me uh, let me find, let me pull that up, um, here. But yeah, the, uh, I like honest game trailers. It's a lot of fun. Um, just some of the shit they say sometimes just makes me die laughing. Like one time, uh, we were playing, uh, or he, they were talking about Call of Duty, and they were talking about the multiplayer. And then he he segued into the campaign. He's like, once you're tired of getting 360 no soap by 12 year olds, and I just, just the way he fucking <laughs> said it, I fucking died laughing. Fuck, every time I think no scope now, though, I picture Halo 2. Yeah, I know. Fucking jackals. Goddamn jackals. Dude, they, like, don't even <laughs> fucking look at you. Like, they just kind of <laughs> aim their gun over the shoulder and fucking headshot you. It's some bullshit. I swear, I got shot while he was looking in the opposite direction. <laughs> like, they break the fucking 3D model that they were oh, built yeah. on. Just, like, to fucking shoot you. It's so dumb. I'm like getting the lock on, about to shoot him, and it's like he just looks at me, boom! <laughs> and the look on their face too, it's like, oh, I'm gonna get you! <laughs> sure enough, they usually do. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Okay, well, that pretty much wraps up the episode today. Uh, uh, I wanna uh, check out the PS5 tech demo. I wanna. Oh, yes, yeah. right, you sent me I, that. Let me yep. open that right now while we wait here. This is the new Unreal Engine 5, so. Uh, I just want your uh, honest opinion on that. And Unreal Engine 5 PS5 tech demo. Everything you need to know. So it's not an actual game that's being developed. This is just something they created to show off the engine and how powerful it is. Yep. And why did I have to get an ad right off the bat? Yeah, I'm looking at some bullshit loading screen too. Uh, I got cats playing, so at least that's worth it. Them cat videos are good. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so I'm I'm on this cat page on Facebook. And, uh, cat spotting, I think it's called. So people will be like, show me a picture of your cat laying on its stomach, and then my cat's, like, spread eagle, like, fucking... <laughs> looking kitty. at the camera, like, fucking porn star, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Who loves kitty? Yeah, but no, it's fun. But the other day, they're like, oh, if you tape a box on the on the floor, your cat will sit in it. I'm like, interesting. So I did that, and my cat did not sit in it. <laughs> oh, but kitty's escaping now, fucking asshole. So, my cats are indoor cats, and... We just moved to a new place in April, and we don't have a front door. Like, we have to use a, the back sliding door as our main door, so mm -hmm. uh, that's where our laundry is, so we'll, like, we'll open the door, and then Kitty will just fucking bolt out. And one night, I was watching uh, Ready Player One, and Kitty somehow got out, and I didn't notice. So I get up, and I look, and I see there's just a cat-sized fucking, like, gap in the sliding door. I'm like... Fuck. So I closed that, and I'm like, okay, there's Fitz, my other cat. And then I went and looked everywhere for Kitty, and my Kitty's outside. Fuck. So I had to, like, put my... I had to go searching in the night at, like, midnight after I just finished playing games looking for my fucking cat. And then I saw my cat just fucking bolt from <laughs> somewhere. And they're like, oh, Kitty! And I had, like, the cat treats, and I'm, like, shaking the bag. I'm like, Kitty, fuck! Ah! Uh, and then, she, yeah, I finally tracked her down and got her. And, yeah. Ah, uh, she's a troublemaker. Yeah, so... But she's escaped again... But I've like she'll come out the door. I'll be at the like at the washer dryer, and then I'll look. I'm like, Kitty, what the fuck you doing? And then she'll bolt as soon as she sees that I've seen her. She's fucking gone. So I have to like run down the stairs and grab her. Like fuck, it's just super uh. annoying. So this is not loading for me. It's not. Uh, no. Just search it on YouTube. Oh, I just had to push play. Oh, that works too. <laughs> yeah. I have to watch uh, Head Shoulders uh, ad, so this is not sponsored by Head and Shoulders. This this delay brought to you by Head and Shoulders. Head and Shoulders is still pretty good shit. Yeah, that's what I use. <laughs> nice, silky, smooth dandruff. <laughs> so this actually looks really good. That's what I mean. Like this is what the PS5 is capable of. We haven't seen what the Xbox One is capable of yet. Not really, yeah. But like, look at the the textures. Yeah. Looks really, really good. So, oh, okay, it's got a lot of processing power. Oh so, yeah. So, for those who don't know anything about game game design, um, when you build a character or a prop or a set dressing in the engine you're using, uh, obviously it's constructed of polygons. So, s this Nintendo 64 could could have up to 64. Uh, it has a 64-bit processor, and it could uh, render polygons, but it could render a whole lot of polygons. And the more we advanced as a game culture, game society, uh, the amount of polygons that the game could render without fucking lagging or, or, or dropping frames or whatever was obviously vastly increased. So uh, it just showed us a, uh, a statue, and it said that statue is made of 33 million triangles. No. Yeah. So that's a lot. Like, look at the the, the light. Yeah, the, the lighting the is really cool, too. Here. This is amazing. The shadow? Yeah. Yeah, it looks really, really realistic. Real realistic, rather. Looks super good. So, yeah. Uh, check it out. It's uh, We're on GameSpot.com. Uh, you can find it anywhere, though. Just yeah. uh, search PS5 Tech Demo uh, on YouTube, and as long as it says Unreal Engine 5, you're good. Really, really good. Okay, guys. Well, that's it for the podcast today. 
And uh, so next week we'll talk about some random shit that'll get announced in the next week. Oh yeah, you know, there's going to be uh, one of those probably random or quick uh, things that's like, oh, tomorrow, tune in at da-da-da-da-da uh, for a surprise announcement from, I don't know. <laughs> from Nintendo, Metro Prime 4. No, just kidding. Uh, but yeah, okay guys, thanks a lot. And uh, consider becoming a pay- Patreon and maybe you can join us on the Patreon versus video games now. Olympathon. Join the family. Olympathon. So, and then tell everybody about the Gaming Word of the Week, which was cheese. Tell us what your favorite kind of cheese is. All right. Uh, Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Catch you guys later.